Hey, people, thanks for listening to our Hope podcast. Um, we missed the beginning here, so we're just going to add that to the message so you're not jumping in and not having the context of the introduction. So here we go. Well, studies show that the vast majority of people pray. In fact, there was a, a Newsweek study, and it showed that 20% of atheists and agnostics pray weekly. Study also showed that uh, more than half of U.S. citizens pray uh, on a daily basis, and two-thirds of the United States citizens uh, pray at least once a month. Now, as to what Americans are praying for, uh, 74% pray for their own needs and difficulty, and the study also found that Americans are generous with their prayers, not always just about us. Uh, 82% of people reported that they pray for friends and family, 38% pray for those who've experienced natural disasters. So our prayers are interesting, and the things that we pray for are really different and, and, and unique. Uh, here's, here's some more uh, studies up on the screen here. Uh, this is a study from Lifeway Research. Um, look at these different categories, some amazing stuff. Uh, people who mistreat you. Um, people pray for people who mistreat you uh, or your enemies. That's 41% and 37%. That's actually kind of cool that that came out high on the list there because Jesus taught us to pray for those who mistreat us, persecute us, to pray for our enemies. So that's pretty fun. Um, we asked the question here, how many of you have done the next one? 21% have prayed that they would win the lottery, all right? So a show of hands went up around the room, and less than 21% admitted to it. Um, but I think that's probably pretty uh, accurate. Some of the other categories, people pray for success in something you put almost no effort into. 20% of people pray for that. Um, interesting and understandable one. 14% uh, of people admit that they pray for God to avenge someone who has hurt you or a loved one. Uh, understandable, totally understandable. My next one, I was actually surprised that it was so low. 13% of people pray for your favorite team to win the game. And uh, going around the room, we actually did have a higher percent of people that admitted that they, <laughs> that they pray for such a thing. Um, another interesting one, 7% of people pray to find a good parking spot. Uh, and yeah, not a lot of people admitted to that, so I encourage everybody, you know, hey, you don't pray for that good parking spot, leave them for me. Um, not getting caught speeding, 7% of people get pray that they wouldn't get caught for speeding. I would count myself among that 7%, actually. Um, interesting, the last one's uh, praying for someone else's relationship to end, or for someone to get fired, or someone else to fail, uh, 5 and 5 and 4% on those, but uh, again... Uh, honesty, honesty, right there. It's interesting what we it's interesting what we pray for. Um, and the truth is that talking to God is very common, uh, even statistically by these surveys. We see that we talk to God. Uh, lots of people talk to God, and so it's true that we pray and we believe that God listens, or at least at hope that that, that God is listening. But. You know, honestly, I know from personal experience that I have often treated prayer like a one-way phone call. It's like we each only have half of a, a telephone. Think of like even the old school telephones. Um, I've got the mouthpiece of the phone and God has the earpiece. And, you know, I do a bunch of talking and God just listens. And I think that is sometimes true for many of us. If we were to be honest about how we pray and about what prayer looks like for us, that... 
you know, we, we, we do a lot of talking, we do a lot of praying, and hey, God loves that. He delights in that. He wants to hear from us. Um, but the idea of even stopping to listen for what God says to us, some folks, that's kind of a foreign concept. Um, because, you know, honestly, I, I think sometimes I imagine that God just has the receiver, the earpiece uh, of the telephone, and, and I'm the one with the mouthpiece, but, you know, I think we have to think about this. You know, God's end of the phone, God's end of the line also has the mouthpiece. And I do believe that he wants to speak to us. And when we look at scripture, we can find example after example of what it looks like to develop a conversational relationship with God. And over the past few weeks, we have been looking at what it looks like to stop, to listen and hear what God might be speaking to us. And so we're in a series. We've been in this series. uh, And what we've been doing in this series that started right after Easter is we're looking at what happened after Jesus rose from the dead. The title of the series is Jesus is Alive, Now What? And so we've just been following those stories and in tracking with those stories, a few weeks ago, we landed on a story that led us to begin praying this prayer. The prayer is, speak to me, God, I am listening. So I've been encouraging all of us to pray that simple prayer um, as much as we can uh, on a daily basis, multiple times uh, a day, whenever it comes to mind, just to pray that prayer. Speak to me, God, I'm listening. And let's just look and, you know, will God speak to us when we pray that prayer? Let's just see what happens. Um, Maybe we'll even notice that God has been speaking to us. Um, And praying that prayer and then pausing and getting quiet, it gives us a chance to uh, listen for what God might be speaking to us. Now, a great question that caused us to pause for the past few weeks and spend more time on this topic than I initially had anticipated, the great question was this. Okay, so if God does speak to us, how does God speak to us? Now, while God can and does speak to us in many ways, there are a few that seem to be very common, ways that we can focus on paying attention to in order to help us learn to hear from God. And the three primary ways that we've been talking about, uh, the first one is we hear from God through the, the word of God, through, through the Bible, that's the first way. The second thing we've been looking at is we hear from God through the spirit of God, that he looks and speaks to us through his spirit. That's uh, something I'll explain in a moment. And the third thing is that um, God speaks to us through the people of God. So the word of God, the spirit of God, the people of God, the three primary categories, they're not the only categories, they're just the ones that we're sort of taking time to unpack. And we camped out on the first two ones so far where we've talked about hearing from God through the word of God um, and through the spirit of God. And today we're going to get to the third one, hearing God speak through the people of God. And then next week I plan to wrap this whole thing up by looking at some questions, uh, questions that I've been getting like, well, what about when I just can't hear from God? When I, when I can't hear him speak, what's happening then? Well, what, what's that about? So uh, that's what we'll get to and wrap this part of the series up next week. So again, quick recap, um, God speaks through his word and a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 reads, Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful in one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word of God, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Now, one way 
um, again, affirmed by that scripture right there. One way that God speaks to us is through the Bible, through written scriptures that, that I believe are the divinely inspired words of God. Many of us believe that. We believe they're God-given truths. They are universal. They are timeless. And that everyone can live their lives by these truths. And so what we do is we, we learn truth. And, and God directs us to walk in the ways that lead us to a life of freedom instead of death or bondage. We want to walk in life, we want to walk in freedom, so his word speaks to us and guides us in paths of of life and of freedom instead of us wandering off into places of death or bondage. And so one of the ways God speaks to us, and by the way, it is the top authority in determining what it is that we're hearing from God, it's through the word of God. Second thing, again, we spent a lot of time in the last couple weeks that God speaks to us as well through the spirit of God. And this is where we learn to listen to his voice, which speaks from within us, because Jesus now lives inside of us. So it's, it's not an audible voice. People expect, well, if I'm going to hear from God, it's going to be an audible voice. No, probably not. It's this quiet voice from within us where God's spirit dwells. And the truth is, we need both of these. We need the word of God, and we need the spirit of God. And the more we know the scriptures, the more we know the word of God, and the more they become a part of us, it actually helps us to hear from the spirit of God. Like, these two things can work together, the word of God and the spirit of God, really well. Dallas Willard said this. He said, knowing scripture gives the Holy Spirit a library within you to draw upon. And I just think that's such a great Great quote, like, knowing scripture, yeah, it gives the Holy Spirit a library within me. Um, You know, have you ever had a scripture verse just pop up in your head? Yeah, I encourage you to pay attention to that when those things do happen, when the word of God just kind of pops into your head. It's, It's likely, it's very likely the spirit of God speaking to you through the word of God. Now, sometimes yeah, we are listening, you know, we're open to hearing God speak through the word of God and we listen to see what he's speaking through his spirit. But even then, sometimes we just don't hear anything. And so one of the questions is, okay, what do we do then? And I have some practical things to share about that uh, next Sunday. Like, what do I do when I don't hear from God? What, what, what about when he seems to be silent? What then? Um, like, maybe there's even this big important deal where I desperately need to hear from God and I can't hear anything. It's just chaotic. What, what do I do then? And listen, I'm not going to be able to answer all of those questions um, but I just have a few things I'll share next week on that. And, and, and part of it, part of it is that it takes time to cultivate being able to hear from God. This is not something we can just walk into and bang. It's automatic and we understand it and we, we totally get it. Like it takes practice. It takes patience. It takes maturity to learn to cultivate hearing God's voice. But sometimes, sometimes when we're not hearing Um, something from God when we can't get clarity. Sometimes it's because God wants us to lean into other people. He wants us to cultivate, to deepen our relationships with others in the body of Christ. See, friends, we need each other, and God knows that. He wants that for us. So sometimes he looks for ways to point us to dependence on others in the body of Christ, which takes us to this third way we wanted to look at in what has become this series within a series that God speaks to us through the people of God. God speaks through the people of God. 
Now, hearing through the people of God, this can be very helpful, especially when we are not hearing on our own or we're not hearing through scripture or some other way that we know that sometimes God speaks to us, but we're not hearing it. So hearing through the people of God can be super, super helpful. Um, Turn to 1 Samuel chapter three. And while you're turning to 1 Samuel chapter three, let me give you a little context of where we're diving into this part of the story. Uh, The leader of Israel at the time of this scripture Um, This was before there were kings in Israel. Um, Saul was the first king, then David. But before Saul and David, you have to back up a couple leaders. There was the prophet Samuel led before Saul. And right before Samuel, the nation was led by Eli. And Eli was the high priest of Israel. Now, Samuel, who's going to be the next leader of Israel, at this time in the story, he's just a boy. Um, His father and mother had dedicated him to serve in the house of the Lord. So he is living in um, uh, Eli's household family at the, you know, at the, at the house of the Lord. And um, that's where we'll pick up this story. Uh, Samuel, uh, at this point, a little boy, Eli, the high priest, ruler over Israel, getting very old. Um, Verse one, first Samuel three, verse one. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There, was not, there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, Uh, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. That's such a great story and, and kind of interesting there, right? This, this sounds like our little prayer that we've been praying the last few weeks. Speak to me, God. I'm listening. And Samuel says, speak, for your servant is listening. Now this story here with Samuel and Eli points out an important role that other people can play in our lives as we are learning to hear God speak. I've heard this referred to as the ministry of Eli, the ministry of Eli. And this is where others help me to hear or interpret or to discern what God is saying to me. The ministry of Eli. And it's really important, friends, to be connected to a church community. It's important to build trust with the people around you, people who who get to know you, who, who love you, people who want the best for you. And sometimes when you need to hear from God, but, but nothing is clear in scripture, you need direction, but, but you're not sure um, that what you think you're hearing when you listen for God to speak, you're not sure if it's really God or not, then you can ask other people to listen with you. 
Now, personally, this is still a crucial piece of my own spiritual journey. Uh, I have mentors, counselors, pastors, friends. I have a, a spiritual director, and they all give me additional insight into what is happening in my life's experiences. And sometimes, even, they help me see why something's happening. They can help me to identify and to respond to experiences of God speaking. And it's just like Eli helped Samuel in this story in the Bible. Now, now this has proven to be very, very helpful in my walk with God and in my learning to hear and discern what God is speaking to me. One of many stories I could tell in how God has spoken to me through the people of God has to do with my relationship with Heidi. I have a, a, a trusted friend, a mentor, a pastor who's walked with me for, for 20 years now. And um, some of you will remember the story I told about Heidi at Easter before we had started dating. Um, and she asked me this fun question that made me freeze in my tracks. She said, uh, do you, you know, do you like me like you like, you know, it was almost like a, uh, uh, you know, junior high or elementary school kid writing a note, you know, do you like me circle? Yes or no. Um, but, you know, I froze. She asked me the question, um, and we're on the phone, and I totally froze. And I, you know, if you remember, I fudged some ridiculous answer to stall. Uh, really, I was just trying to buy some time. So if you were here, um, you might remember that story that I told from Easter. Well, what I didn't have time to get into is that while I was trying to figure all of this out, because there was a little time between that conversation and me, you know, seeing the light. Um, but while I was trying to figure this whole deal out, I just could not hear um, very clearly. I mean, part of it was that I had a lot of fear. Um, part of it, I, I wasn't sure about trusting my judgment when it came to matters of, of the heart and romance. Because my world uh, in that relational aspect had been turned completely upside down um, a few years before that. And so I just didn't want to foolishly rush into something that would end up causing hurt or pain to my heart or to Heidi's heart. And so I, I kind of did the Eli thing, right? I asked a couple of the men close to me to pray, to listen with me. Um, the one guy I mentioned up there um, who'd been walking with me for many years, he knew all of my story. Like he'd walked through all of this other stuff with me. He knew all of my story and, and he helped me walk through it and when we first talked about this with Heidi, he just spelt it out super clearly, real clearly. He said, hey, Doug, he didn't even meet Heidi yet, but he said, Heidi's a daughter of the king, and you need to treat her well. Don't string her along if you're not serious about this, which, you know, I needed to hear that. Um, another older pastor friend of mine reminded me um, of what had God had been saying to me. And he reminded me of some confirmations that God had been speaking to me before and, and helped me see how there was some confirmations between that and this relationship with, with Heidi. And, and then he actually kind of surprised me um, by encouraging me that he believed I was ready and could pursue Heidi. Um, so a few other things going on. And, and okay, yeah, Heidi and I started dating. I, I, I finally... Um, I finally made the, the decision, <laughs> and she was gracious enough to um, have waited. Um, so then we dated, and, and then once we had dated for a while, uh, we both started feeling like getting married was a strong possibility. Um, now, even then, at that point, even in kind of that openness and excitement, um, we wanted confirmation that this was really what God was leading us to. We both knew there was too much at stake to just rush ahead with what we each thought God was leading us to because it can be really confusing. Um, 
uh, there's lots of things that kind of hijack our, our, our hearts or make us, I don't know, not be objective. <laughs> so um, we, we went to multiple Christian counselors, uh, but the counselors that we had both had before we even knew each other that had helped us process previous relationships and previous pain, we both went and met each other's counselors and had conversations with them. We talked to people who knew our past stories. We talked to um, them together. We, we talked with pastors. We talked with friends. We talked with family. And, and some of them gave us advice. Uh, and some of them genuinely listened to see if God was saying something that they could hear or discern. Um, but one funny thing that happened is my my, my older sister, she actually um, proposed to Heidi for me, just, you know, just in case I, you know, wasn't going <laughs> to take care of that. So uh, thanks. Shout out to big sister Paula. Um, but, but the deal was, you know, we involved other people because we wanted to be sure. We wanted to be humble. We wanted to be wise. We wanted to be smart. We wanted to make sure we weren't rushing ahead out of sheer passion or love. Like we just did not want to make another mistake. Um, so we had humility, and I think there was wisdom in asking other people to help us to see and hear and discern. And so by the time we did get engaged and then married, I'll tell you what, I was very confident by then that God was in this. Like he had spoken it and confirmed it over and over and over. And he'd spoken it to us through the word of God, through the spirit of God within us. And he spoke to us through the people of God. He probably spoke in some other ways that I'm forgetting, but, but there you go. He had spoken to us clearly, and, and here we are now. Um, Heidi is amazing, and, and any of you that know Heidi, you know that I won the lottery on this one. Um, so I'm, I'm like, hey, thank you, Jesus, right? Thank you, Jesus, uh, for helping me here, for helping me know what you were saying um, and thank you, Jesus, for giving Heidi really bad taste and giving her distorted eyesight. <laughs> that totally works. That totally works out in my favor. So um, all that to say is that, friends, the people of God can help you to hear from God. And they're very valuable in helping you discern what you might be thinking you heard from God. Or they can help you confirm if the direction that you're going is the direction he is sending you. Ultimately, you're responsible for, for acting on what you believe God's speaking and saying and how he's leading. Ultimately, that is your responsibility. But seeking counsel from, from godly people is really important especially if it's not just getting advice but you're seeking like can they listen and hear from God with you um, which by the way when you ask God's people to help you hear from God just make sure that you ask them if they have this category ask them to pray ask them to listen to what God is saying so they're not just trying to give you good advice like don't get me wrong, wisdom, good advice, those things are fine, but they are not necessarily the same thing as hearing what God is speaking over a situation, right? Let me say it this way. There's a difference between good advice and hearing God, right? Uh, or a good idea versus a God idea. They're different things. Sometimes they line up, but sometimes they'll be quite different. And if someone asks you, like they come to you, somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm having trouble listening. I'm having trouble hearing. Make sure that you know the difference as well. Like stop. If somebody asks you to listen with them, okay, stop. Ask God to speak. Listen. See if he says you, anything to you or gives you an image or a picture or, or, or a scripture. 
And if he does, awesome. But if he doesn't, and all you have for them is wisdom or advice, then just make it clear to them that you're offering advice or even godly counsel. Um, But friends, all of these things are so valuable. And to me, it's a real gift. It's a real relief to know that God will speak to us through his people. Um, We do this as a staff. Um, And just one example, a recent example of that is that a few weeks ago uh, with our staff, there was something that I wanted us to sit and listen about. And um, some of you know we've been a bit perplexed in our search for a leader for our children's ministry. And Heidi stepped in in September as a volunteer, and she's leading it um, as a volunteer. She's done a great job. I mean, there's been times where she's been very tired, um, and it's cost us more than we thought we could handle because it's a, it's a lot. Um, but even now, looking back, we can see so many good things that have come from her leading in this capacity and serving in this way. But, you know, we're like, okay, maybe it's time now. We're bringing on our new associate. It's time to complete the, the team with the rest of the staff. Um, but we can't hear anything. So, so sometimes as a staff, when we meet and pray together every week, we'll pause and we'll do some listening prayer as a group. And again, a few weeks ago, I felt compelled to set this question before us. Um, and the question was, God, is there something that you want us to know about our search for a leader in the children's ministry? Is there something you want to say or show us, God? So we asked that question and we sat in quiet, sat in silence and we just listened. And after a bit of silence, I had a sense that it was okay for us to move forward, maybe share anything that anybody might have heard and everybody in that circle, very humble and, and, um, and godly people. And uh, yeah, so, so honestly, honestly, before I even tell you what they said, we, we were kind of both hoping like, hey, maybe there'll be some encouraging or prophetic word or this image come up from one of the team members, like, hey, God's got somebody and they'll be here in no time flat. Or maybe even, oh my goodness, God gave us a name of someone that we haven't thought of. Why didn't we think of that person? Let's call and talk to them. Like, you know, something supernatural, you know, something like, woohoo. Um, and our staff actually later, they admitted they wanted that same thing. They were kind of hoping for the same thing because they all love Heidi and, and um, they know this has been a longer season than we planned. Um, Um, because by the way, again, like some people are like, well, have you tried this and this and this or this, or have you networked with these people? Have you asked those people? Have you posted it? Yes, we, we, we really have lots of really great minds have networked and made multiple phone calls and emails and posted on ministry job boards and call it. I mean, I could go down the list, but you know, um, so again, we're a little perplexed. Uh, didn't want to push this thing into something that, you know, we would regret later by making a decision we didn't want to do, um, just to make a decision, just to fill a spot. So uh, here's what we heard when we um, got quiet. One of us heard, um, we need to lean on the body of Christ. Um, Heidi doesn't have to take all the pressure, all the responsibility for figuring out children's ministry, so make sure that we're having the body of Christ help in significant ways. And by the way, that's happening there are some amazing volunteers here at Hope. There are people that have stepped up and step in a last second sometimes if there's a, somebody that calls and cancels or can't make it or is sick and can't help with kids on a Sunday morning. There's over 40 people helping. And so um, most people only serve one time a month, which is wonderful because they only have to miss service one time a month to be in with the kiddos. So we have great volunteers. We're leaning on the body of Christ. Another thing that we heard was this. 
um, it seems like God may be saying that we might need to stay in this season for a while. That one was a little more, okay, okay. Um, Another one of us heard wait. We heard the word patience. Um, We heard the word not yet. And those were themes that we heard really clearly. And we actually unanimously agreed that this is what God was speaking to us. And, And frankly, when Heidi and I heard what was spoken, it both resonated with our it resonated with both of our spirits as well. What was spoken didn't cause anxiety or fear. Or We just went, you know what, this is God. And it almost surprised me that we had a peace once we heard these words. And so we are content. We're learning to be content here and wait on God's timing for this. So we can listen with, with the body of Christ, right? We listen together. We listen for God to speak. We see what he's saying um, uh, it's something we do as a staff. It's something that um, Heidi and I are learning to do as a couple where we listen for what we think God's saying to us about decisions or things ahead of us. Um, things about you know, selling our house and buying a house closer to church. Things about which house um, God would have for us. Things about uh, finances. Things about jobs. Things about um, uh, vacation. Where to, you know, all, so many things that we're just asking for him to speak. It's important to have people to listen with you. Um, I got a couple friends. I got a few friends that we do something like this. Specifically, there's a couple of doctors that are um, friends of mine. They hear from God and they have deep relationships with God. But sometimes, especially if there's a lot of fear or confusion involved, if there's something maybe regarding their business or their practice, um, they will give me a call um, or, or I'll give them a call if I've got something going. We call each other. We ask the others to pray and see if any of us are getting a sense of what God is saying in a specific situation, like regarding an employee or a business opportunity or a trip or a speaking engagement, any of this kind of stuff. And we listen with each other. And sometimes it's because we need confirmation and we're seeing what the other person hears. Sometimes it's we really aren't hearing anything. Um, And again, these are the close, trusted, godly people in your life. And you don't always get something. Like sometimes my buddies ask me to listen to God for something they're working through. And so I do. But maybe I get nothing. Like, wow, I don't know, bro. I really have no idea. Um, And then other times I do get a sense of what God might be saying right away. And even if I get that sense right away, instead of getting super excited and like blurting it out there, you know, I'll stop and ask Jesus. Okay, Jesus, before I say anything to them, is this what you want me to speak to them? I just pause and... Even then, I stop and ask Jesus, is it okay for me to tell them this yet? Or are you kind of make, wanting them to wait? Um, but having this category helps us lean into the body of Christ. And one of the beautiful things about learning to hear God speak to us through the people of God is it helps us build a stronger sense of connection together, a stronger community, because like, I need you. Like, I can't do all the stuff that I want to do on my own. And I'm not going to be, you know, the phony super pastor guy where I act like I'm on some superior plane above all y'all. No, no, no. I need community too. I need the people of God as well. Um, Listen to this powerful statement by Paul Tournier. He says, there are two things you cannot do alone. One is to be married. Yes, right? Okay. One is to be married and the other is to be Christian. One is to be married, you can't do that alone. The other is to be a Christian, you can't do that alone. And it's such a powerful line, and I really believe it's true. But but what does it mean? I think it means that there's nowhere in Scripture that we see 
solo spirituality. There's, I'm going to dance to whatever song just came on. Yeah, sorry. There is nowhere in scripture that we witness solo spirituality. There's nowhere in the scriptures where we see that. Um, God changes hearts. He transforms lives. He shapes us when we are in community with other believers in his church, really. And when God fashioned the body of Christ, he made us to be interdependent. And so this is my opinion here. I believe that sometimes maybe God doesn't speak on a particular issue because he wants me to go to my brothers and sisters and lean on them, to depend on them, to learn to trust them and ask them to listen to God with me because then we are both strengthened in the process. 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul writes about how the body of Christ is interdependent and just One of the verses here, verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the hand, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you, right? See, the Christian life depends on other Christians. You cannot do it alone. We need each other to love, to encourage each other, to pray for one another, to listen to each other. And to do this well in a church family, I think in a church family or your small groups, um, those of you that are in a small group or about to join a small group, to do this well in close godly relationships, I can see at least two things that would need to be in place for us to do this well. So to be a community where we learn to trust that we can listen to God, speak through the people of God, we would have to be a place where there is no shame. We'd have to be a place where there's no shame. We have to be a safe place and there's no room for shame. Because if someone pressures or manipulates or uses guilt on people, that's no good. That's no good. You cannot build a safe environment where people are willing to trust each other deeply if shame keeps popping up. Like some Christians think that it's okay to use guilt or shame to get people to, you know, do things like to give or to serve. And there's a whole sermon series we could do on that. But I'll just say it this way. There is no room for shame here at Hope. Not with who God is calling us to be. See, We love and we serve and we give and we minister out of love, out of being loved and receiving God's love and giving that away, period. So so if someone doesn't hear from God and they think, oh man, I'm going to get shamed for this, they're not about to let that secret out, right? See, here at Hope, we want you to come as you are. We want you to walk in the light. We want you to be honest about your doubts, your fears, your struggles. Here at Hope, we want to be a safe place so we don't shame people. You don't have to fake it or pretend that you know more than you do or that you're farther along than you are. You don't have to do that here, especially, especially in your walk with God. So that's one thing. No shame, okay? The other thing that I think we'd need to see in order to cultivate this would be um, um, that this is a place of abundant humility, that we all learn to have humility, where we're willing to risk trusting each other as we learn to hear from God together. Let, let, me, let me say it this way when it comes to the humility piece. We all believe in the power of prayer, right? Right? Go ahead and raise your hand if you don't believe in the power of prayer. If you don't believe in the power of prayer, we'll, we'll talk later, so, okay? All right, we'll talk later on the power of prayer. So those of us that believe in the power of prayer, I think would be the vast majority in the room, right? Now, let's say that there's a situation in our life where we need help from God on something. Wouldn't we, most of us anyway, agree, say it's important for us to pray, yes? Is it important to pray when you got stuff going on, yes? Okay, just checking. Um, 
I'm just making sure it's not the people up front from the survey. It's the rest of us. Okay, okay. So now we believe prayer is important. At the body of Christ here, we are here to be with one another. There's a story that I've told before of Jesus when uh, there's a paralyzed guy and he wants to get healed. So his friends carry him on his mat and they can't get into Jesus. So they cut open the roof and they let him down uh, and he gets healed, right? But what it took for him to get healed was a fellowship of the mat. He had to be humble enough to let people carry him. His friends carried him when he couldn't get there on his own. And the body of Christ is is intended to be a place where we are a fellowship of the mat, where we carry one another and we let others carry us too, right? Galatians 6 says, we bear one another's burdens. One another's. That means we get to let other people bear our burdens too. See, God designed it this way for us to need each other. And that's what the body of Christ, the family of God, is all about because no one, no one stands alone. But it can be hard to admit we have a need. Is is anybody besides me, is it hard to admit sometimes that you have a need? Yeah, it can be really hard to admit. Uh, As someone who's on the receiving end, why is it so hard for us to even just like ask for prayer? Why is it difficult to ask for that? Like I know sometimes... um, at least a couple times a month, we, we say, hey, if you have anything that you just need prayer for, just slip your hand up. And sometimes um, there's a bunch of people, and sometimes there's just a couple of people. And I always wonder, like, why is it so difficult? Like, I even know some of the needs in the room, and, and people, we just don't raise our hand for that. And I think part of why it's difficult um, is that we don't want to be that guy, right? Well, I don't want to be the needy person all the time, right? But, but... Wouldn't we agree that humility is an important characteristic in a healthy church family? Like for each of us to admit that we do have needs. And so in order for me to admit that I have a need and that I need other people in the body of Christ, I'd have to embrace humility, wouldn't I? Um, Let's say I'm facing a really difficult financial situation, right? And I can approach it one of two ways. I can approach it with humility, a posture of humility, or a posture of pride. Um, what would a posture of pride look like? Anybody? Just throw it out there. Yeah, I got this. Saying nothing. I'm fine. I got it together. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. No problems here. What would a posture of humility look like? Admit that you need help. Yeah, I need help. I need help. I need prayer, right? And some of you know the scripture verse, right? God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble, right? So do I want grace for my situation? Or do I want to keep banging my head against the wall, insisting on figuring it out on my own? And again, this is not an easy thing to do. um, But I would love it if we would just decide here at Hope that we're going to make that something that we value around here. That, That it's okay to have needs. Like it's okay to admit that none of us have perfect lives. Like, can we admit that it's okay to be human? If, in fact, you are human, by the way, God created you to have needs. <laughs> so, so, so instead of being, you know, afraid, oh, I don't want to be so needy, can you from time to time, not, you know, just but at least from time to time, be willing to admit to some of the people around you where you need someone to agree with you in prayer? Like, that would be a wonderful baby step of humility. Go, you know what? Yeah, I need prayer. I might not even tell you why. 
Um, but a f- just a fabulous beginning would just be admitting that we have a need. Um, so be brave. Be brave in that prayer time that we do when we're together. Be brave after the service. Uh, we've moved the prayer team into that back area there just to avoid some of the chaos up here. But after service, those are some prayer warriors that would love to pray with you about anything. It doesn't have to be like some big, terrible emergency. Like they would love to pray with you about anything. So maybe, you know, another baby step just once in a while. You know what? Ask for prayer on some of these things. Let someone stand with you and pray for you. Whether it's a big thing or something we don't think is so big. Um, Let me see how to wrap this up. Let's go back to our theme on hearing from God as through the people of God. So, by the way, again, I think the humility, having humility and being a safe place is very closely tied with us being a place where we are learning to hear God through one another. It's a great way to hear from God. Because sometimes, when we have the humility to ask for that help, God will bring some huge freedom, even some huge breakthrough. I'll tell you one last story on this. Um, A few years ago, I was at a a church, and we were talking about hearing from God, and one of the guys, um, we'll call him Billy, he was a public school teacher. He was really good at it. He was a teacher, he was a coach, but he just felt miserable and stuck And he remembered, hey, I remember that one time that as a church, like I did that Psalm 23 thing with us a few weeks ago where we put it on the screen and said, okay, what is God saying to us through this scripture if you were here for that? We did something like that and he thought, you know, that was kind of cool. I actually could hear some things from God through that. Well, he talked to me about my specific situation and would you, you know, help me even sit and listen and learn, you know, maybe what God is speaking. And I thought, okay, well... This could take a while, but let's, let's do it. So we set up a time. We did it together. And, and in less than an hour, um, through some questions, through some listening, he actually heard God speak to him. And at first, it wasn't just about his job. God led him down a whole different path, then surprised him by bringing it around to something else. And, and he saw a picture of um, somewhere in the Grand Canyon, very specific. And, and he said, oh, my, I think that that's what my heart longs to do. And so he ended up, eventually, he went slow, but he did. He had some breakthrough. He got unstuck. He quit his job. He got a job um, up at the National Forest Service in the Grand Canyon and then some other pretty spectacular places. And fast forward 10 years later here, he is unstuck. He is a new career. He's married. He has uh, some kids, two or three kids. Now, there wasn't a chapter and verse in the Bible on him quitting his job, right? There was nothing specific. And he was a really good teacher, really good teacher. So it would have been easy to think, hey, man, you're in the right place. You just need to suck it up and get through this difficult season. Because sometimes that's what happens, right? We just need to get through the hard season and it's okay. So if I would have entered into like counselor mode instead of, hey, let's just listen for what God is saying. Um, And by the way, counselor mode is wonderful. It's really good. I have a high value for counselors. But if that's what I was trying to do with him or any professional would have tried to do him, it might have taken six months or a year to help unravel all this stuff. But Jesus is so, so good. And in his story, this guy here, Billy, Jesus came, he spoke, and it made all the difference in this young man's life because he was willing to come to a couple of us brothers and say, will you help me hear what God might be saying? Now, maybe you are struggling in your life with a particular thing or an issue. 
you can't hear from God, you're not sure if what you think you heard is the right thing, if you're going the right direction. And I just wanna urge you, friends, to find people that you trust who will speak the truth in love, not just what you wanna hear, right? People who are mature, and then invite them to help you hear from God. I mean, doing that can be as simple as saying, hey, I'm having trouble hearing, could you listen with me? Like, that simple. It would take humility. But it could help you make some progress and grow in some other areas. Um, next week, as I mentioned, I'm going to wrap this all up by looking at the questions that you guys will send here. Uh, and I'll look at the question, you know, okay, what about when I can't hear God speak? I'm not hearing through his word or the spirit of God or the people of God. What, what's that about? And so I want to ask you guys here, the people of God here at Hope, I want you to do two things. We'll put them on the screen. You can email stories of experience you have had where you believe that you heard from God on something where he spoke to you. So you can email stories. Um, You can also email questions that you have when it comes to this topic of hearing God speak. If I get enough of them on a particular issue, then maybe we'll try to address it uh, up here. And either one of them, send it to stories at hopecov.com. And if you have a story, um, let me know if you want it to be anonymous or I have permission to, if I use it, to, to share your name, okay? Tony, um, will you and the team come on up? I read this quote yesterday. I thought it was really good. The only prerequisite, friends, for hearing God speak is being open to what might happen if he actually does. (laughs) Friends, even if you're skeptical, just bring your skepticism to the table. Like, tell God, even if you're... Not sure if that's a real thing to even talk to God and have him hear you. But if you have doubts, just tell him. Tell him that you have doubts, but that you're willing to accept his words if he'll just speak to you. And then pay attention. Tune in. You know, plug the radio in. Or turn the phone back on. Because God wants a relationship with you and me. He wants to lovingly guide or sometimes convict or to steer us or to instruct us or encourage us. He wants you to talk to him and he wants to talk to you as well. So this week, pick up his word, pick up a Bible, listen to what he's saying through his word and and then get real quiet and pray that prayer we've been praying this last month. Speak to me, God, I am listening. I want it to be normal for us here at Hope to depend on hearing from God through each other and to depend on and help each other learn how to hear through other ways that God would speak to us because I think that's part of what he intended for any church community, that we listen to God together and we need each other. Father, thank you. Thank you that you do speak. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Will you deepen our relationship with you Will you open our eyes to see? And will you even help us to see when we talk with other people that maybe we're not even realizing because we haven't been looking for it, but maybe um, they're being utilized by you to communicate your truth to us. Help us to make those connections, you know, where, where you're speaking through somebody that we go, oh, wow, you're speaking to someone. And Lord, Lord God, help us as we continue to pray we ask you to speak to us that we are listening and I pray that you would respond in Jesus' name.